seventies and seventies. I radio seventy-six. Radio 76 proudly presents the 515 Show with your host, John Sarver. Who's at the 515 door today? You know, the, the funny thing is that we were at Autorama and we uh, talked to uh, Chucky. <laughs> he was a hell of a guy. And, and so he kind of showed us other folks and stuff. And we saw this guy. He wrote a wonderful piece on Facebook <laughs> when we saw it it was it was incredible um, and, and we were talking about promoters and we were talking back and forth and we knew that we just had to have this gentleman on with us he's uh, incredible you, you know him the infamous John Quick hi John what's happening sir how are you Dandy, what part of Michigan are you residing in right now? Uh, I actually live in Taylor. Taylor's just outside of Detroit. Wow. Okay, so you're enjoying this wonderful sun and 80-degree uh, temperatures. Yeah, isn't it something? <laughs> Can't make up his mind. Two weeks ago, we had 80-degree weather. Now it's like I don't even want to go outside. I'm like, yeah, it's horrible. I just mean, got to make up his mind. John, are you a lifelong Michigander? Oh yeah, yeah. I've been in I've been in Michigan my whole life. So that you enjoy these kind of springs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to not mind the winter time because I need a break from racing. So you know, if we race twelve months out of the year, I'd really be broke. At least in the winter time, I could kind of recoup my funds a little bit and take a little break. And then uh, come springtime, I want to go race again. But uh, yeah, it's, it's harder to get excited for the season more and more. You know, last last year we raced twelve twelve out of twelve months though. Last year, we were, we went to Texas and raced in January. I mean, we went all over the place last year. So this year, we actually took a couple months off. Yeah, but it had to be tough last year because everybody was saying the price of gas and things you couldn't get parts of and stuff like that. Man, it had to be tough on you. Oh, it, it's always tough. But, you know, when we uh, we travel so much, you know, it's, it's expensive. And, um, you know, when when you're out traveling so much, you try to win something and try to get some money back, you know, to recoup the funds. You just don't always want to be at a loss, you know. So um, the hobby stuff, it's, it's kind of past the hobby stage now. So if we're not winning races, it's, uh, it's not fun to go to. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be kind of tough. I mean, you take a look at the schedules that come out in January, and how do you pick the races you want to go to? I mean, a lot of them, you know, they have the big purses and stuff. But, I mean, are there some tracks, some races that you go, you know what, we had a blast there. we got to go back again. There is. Uh, we there's So there's like an online schedule right now, so um, we kind of pay attention to that every weekend. I forgot who put it up. Um, someone put it up and. uh it's got every race, like every no prep race, every small tire race, you know, for the whole season or for the whole year. It's on a calendar, online calendar. So we usually go out there and look. But, yeah, we, we've been picking now, like, guaranteed pots. Like, if um, if it's just 100% uh, payback, you know, driving, man, we're not going unless it's extremely convenient for us. But if, um, if a promoter's not putting something on top, we're not going. I mean, you go to all four corners of the United States, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we travel. Uh, man, we, we travel. Uh, we're coast to coast. 
from Mexico to Canada last year, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. But yeah, you're just traveling, trying to make some money. Well, I mean, that's got to be good for you because I'm sure that your car and your truck goes down and you fly right in on race day, right? <laughs> 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 I wish. I wish. Yeah, I wish. Usually, usually, uh, like when we did no prep things, right? You 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 leave Thursday, you drive all day Thursday, and then. Uh, you would uh, race Friday and Saturday, you drive all day home Sunday, and then you work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday trying to maintenance the car and, and, and try to make some money to go race on the following week. And, uh, yeah, it was not a good time. I mean, how many guys, John, go with you when you go racing? Uh, I usually got at least one. Uh, you know, it, it's hard It's hard for people to, to do that schedule, you know. Um, people got to work, you know. Uh, it, it's a lot of money, you know. I try to try to cover what i can for my crew but you know i can't pay my salary it's, it's too much money to do you know to, to maintain the car and then do what we got to do you know to, to pay a crew so a lot of times it's just friends hey man you want to you want to go to california for a couple weeks yeah let's go you know so then you go to california for a couple weeks race and then you come home you know and uh you got to eat at home you got to eat on the road so it's, it's the same thing you know i just cover the room and board and whatever else but other than that, you know, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough to find people that are that are able to go with you all the time. I mean, when you go on the road with one or two of your friends, who cooks? <laughs> <laughs> we eat a lot of Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever they got at the truck stop. And, uh, <laughs> A lot of uh, bags of chips and ho-hos, right? Yeah, I mean, really, how much Mountain Dew can you use to drive the truck all the way down there? Because I'm thinking you're not just driving a, a small 150 pickup and away you go. I mean, that's a pretty big no. entourage. Well, we got, like, uh, when we travel far, we got, it's a semi. It's been converted to an RV, but it's a big trailer. We can put multiple cars in it. All our tools, you know, when you travel, you got you to gotta kind of pack as much as you can in case you never know what you're going to break on the road. So. Yeah. You kind of want to have everything uh, there with you so that you're not, you know, 30 hours from home and you can't fix it. I mean, John, do you drive the semi when when you go out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's registered as an RV, so you don't need a CDL. But, I mean, the, my thought is when you're driving, like, say, from Taylor to California, you know, that's a long yeah. drive. That's that's not <laughs> – you ain't going to wind yeah, that. It's a long haul. I mean, are you thinking of the race going up? I mean, can you hear the person next to you talk? Are you locked in? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. You get you get some random discussions. You know, you start you start learning another person when you start driving 30 hours with someone. <laughs> I mean, random? the conversation goes, goes pretty crazy. You know, pretty far, pretty far where the conversations go. Just to try to do something, just to stay motivated, to keep driving. You know, usually if if we're if we're on a long trip, usually we try to get two or three people to go with us, and then that way one of us could sleep and the other two could stay up and and uh, keep the other person up, and then uh, kind of rotate. You know. I mean, do you play like slug bug or something to keep yourselves awake? <laughs> <laughs> nah, hell, man, we just. <laughs> Put in the radio. They all hate my my jelly roll. I listen to jelly roll, and they all hate it. But I like jelly roll, so we'll just jam out jelly roll and, and drive until you can't keep your eyes open. I mean, do you know your limit, or do you know where you, you think? Well, if I could have one more Dr Pepper, I can go a little further. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not one of those guys that, that drive all throughout the night. The way I look at it is if you drive all throughout the night, you feel like shit the next day. So you kind of waste the next day anyway. So if it gets to that point, just pull over and sleep. And then, uh, you know, at least you'll feel better the next day when you're driving. Um, yeah, I don't drive all night anymore like I used to. Now, you know, I'll drive to midnight, 1 o'clock, try to get a couple hours of sleep, and then, you know, hit the road again. Six seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, a couple guys would go with me. They they like driving at night. I I don't like driving at night. So um, it like as soon as it gets dark and you start to see those lines, it's it's like hypnotizing me. I want to go to sleep. But uh, yeah, those guys they don't mind driving. So hey, if if you want to drive and we could we could uh, knock out a couple states while I'm sleeping, let's do it. Cool, because I mean, I was waiting for you here to hit the button of I could drive all this time when I was younger, but now I'm slowing down. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I just yeah, it's it's just my little theory. It's like I said, if you stay up and you drive all night and you, you seven in the morning, you know, if you if you're getting home and you don't get home till seven in the morning, now you're dead. You sleep the the whole next day, so then you feel like crap the whole next day. So you might as well pull over and sleep, and then get home at the normal time. But then you're still, you know, you're not you're not apart and you're not beat down well god bless you for driving through atlanta with an uh semi <laughs> yeah 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 we we've been everywhere it's uh now it's like if it's only if it's only 10 hours oh that's not bad it's only around a block you know the, the 20 30 hour trips start getting old i mean it's i, I was going to say when you, when you went down to mexico I mean, that had to be a thrill, just try to get over the border. I mean, they well, opened up all your doors. We didn't actually go. We went to McAllen, Texas. We are in McAllen, oh, okay. Texas for all of January, and that's why I mean, like, it was like 10 miles from the Mexican border, but it's the southern tip of, of Texas. So, I mean, we actually, while we're down there, when you're racing, when we're doing the show stuff, you know, we race at night, and we usually race four or five days out of the week. So we get two days off, and you run out of stuff to do, so... You're trying to find stuff to do, and one of the things was take a, a riverboat tour to Rio Grande. So, yeah, we went out and took a little boat ride down to Rio Grande, you know, checked out Mexico, and, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a whole different uh, world down there. It's crazy, but it, it's cool, man, to experience that, that part of the country. I would have never done it unless we were doing a, you know, unless we were racing. Yeah, I, I mean... Down there, it's a <laughs> it's a little bit different scene than it is kind of up here, you know. Especially for racing. I mean, do you notice when you go to the Four Corners of the United States that it's a different different vibe in the Four Corners, or is it kind of all the same everywhere? Man, the racing people are good. You know, uh, whenever you go to the racetrack, it's like being at home. Everyone's usually good at the racetrack. Uh, it's like home away from home. All I gotta do is find a racetrack, and I fit in with everybody. So. Uh, I'm good until I get to the racetrack. You know, I might feel out of place until we get to the racetrack, but once we're at the racetrack, I'm good. I mean, everyone's good to you. I mean, what, you come out of your trailer, you do the 10-minute meet-and-greet and go back? Nah, I mean, <laughs> Southern Hospitality is something. Southern Hospitality is something. When we go down south, I mean, everyone down there is genuine. They're nice. They're not rude. Uh, it, it's, you know... You, you you go to a couple places like Chicago and, you know, New York, and they, they got that little, you know, that little, uh, that attitude with them. Down south, man, most of the, most of the people down there are, are really, really cool people. And then, especially traveling so far away, they're, they're thankful that you, you know, you, you came and visited them. You know, you, you went to the racetrack. So, for the most part, it's a, it's a good time. You know, John, when you say that, it, it was like, what was the first time when you went to a track that you really felt like a star? I mean, everybody goes, oh, John Quick, oh, John Quick, you know, and it's like, that's just me. Hi, how you doing? 
It is. It's still it's still weird. I, I don't feel I'm no different than anyone else. You know, we race all the time. They just happen to film when we race, you know, sometimes when they put it on the TV. Uh, the only time I, I really want to be important is if you're trying to attract a sponsor. But other than that, I really don't care about it. Um, it's, yeah, it's people, if they ask you, they want a picture, they want an autograph or something, it's like, why? Why do you want my picture? You know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm no different than anyone else. You know, I'm just here to race, you know. And, uh, yeah, I never want to be that guy. You know, a lot of these guys have changed, you know. Yeah. When they started out, they they were pretty cool, and then they get a little of attention and big head, and now all of a sudden they're, they're too big to even talk to people, and, and uh, as that's some fake shit to me. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some of that stuff, and especially when people were complaining like a year ago in Top Fuel. You know, it's like, you know, I have to drive in. I mean, I have to fly in, you know, three hours beforehand to do a meet and greet. I just want to just fly in, do the thing, and leave. And it's like, uh, guy, you know, you have fans. I don't know. Maybe say hi to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, like, we did no prep, it was a real big eye-opener. You know, a lot of people, they have their... Uh their pits sectioned off, you know, they got caution tape, can't go over to caution tape, and, you know, we'd be sitting out, and and people be at the end of the car, you know, at the end of the trailer, like, looking, I was like, you got, what do you, you, come on up, oh, really, come on, yeah, come on out, you know, you want to, you want to take a seat, you know, really, wow, you know, the little kids, you put them in the car, make their day, you know, you guys thirsty, we got some water, something, wow, really, you know, man, I'm, I'm a, I'm a racer, you know what I'm saying, and, and a lot of times, if, if I don't have my car there, I'm spectating too, I know how it's like, I don't want to feel uncomfortable when I'm someone, around someone's car, and uh, I, I definitely don't want to make someone else feel uncomfortable when they're around me. You know, John, does that flip you out? I mean, when people, like, timidly walk up to your vehicle, and, and they don't want to get, like, too, too close, they don't want to disturb the star, you know, I mean... It, uh... Nah, and the the ones that bother me are the ones who who just don't have no respect, and uh, you know, and and they want to push past everyone, and you know, they they want to get a uh, an autograph or something like that when you're like in elbows deep and working on something, and then hey man, will you sign my shirt? Sure, I'll sign your shirt. You know, and my hands are greasy. I mean, what do you want me to do? You see, I'm in the middle of doing something. Like you can't even wait two minutes until I wipe my hands off. That's that's the only time it really bothers me. Um, but other than that, you know. People are cool. Like I said, I we used to go to ducks race all the time, and you know, and spectate down there. And some, I'm a fan. You know, I like drag racing. I still like it, and uh, and I understand. You know, on the outside looking in, I'm I'm not going to be that guy. No, you guys can't come over here. No, no, come on, whatever you guys want. You know, it, it's funny because you echo just about every single drag racer that we've ever met or saw, and it, because they're like, look, it's okay to come up to the car. It doesn't bite. Chances are good, unless you're going to try to steal something off the car, take a look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you ain't going to hurt my car. I'm not one of those crazy OCD anal guys about, oh, my God, don't, don't, don't get oil on my car. Don't scratch my car. My car, it's a tool. It's a tool. We use it to race, and it's going to get messed up, and... You know what? Whatever. Just don't hurt yourself getting in and out of the car. I don't care. It's amazing, though, isn't it, John? When when you get pictures, you know, when somebody gets enough guts to go, John, can we get a picture with you in the car? You know, that is if you're not working on it, you're not thrashing. And they do, and you see that walk like they're walking on a cloud away from you. Look what we got! You know? Yeah, it, it is. It is. We we were in uh we were in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, a couple of years ago, and um. Where where we were parked at was actually in the middle of the city behind a Menards. Behind Menards was like this long road. And uh, so every day we would film at night. So the next day we would pull the cars out of the trailer and we would maintenance the cars. And it was like a parade. Every day around noon, 
we'd have 50 cars driving by just stopping, gawking. I mean, uh, the school bus drivers and, uh, and the teachers would take their, their kids over and they, they'd want to take pictures with the car and take pictures. It was really cool. Like, that's when you're like, wow, really? This is like, I can't believe this is like real life. But, uh, you know, the TV thing's a, a big time deal for other mm-hmm. people. You know, they, they look at the TV stuff and they see you on TV and they think you're, you're some type of person. But we're just normal people, you know, who we race, you know. Well, I mean, look at this. Look how famous you got, John, without learning how to play the electric guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I mean, we, we've we always raced, you know. We, we've we always raced. I always had a reputation around Detroit area. Just now more people, you know, they see it because the TV shows, you know. When YouTube got big and social media got big, you know, people started paying attention. And then you could talk to people from Texas and, you know, argue with them. And you could set up races with Texas, you know, on social media and stuff. They, they made it a lot easier to do that stuff. So once once all that stuff got big, it, it was a lot easier to reach out and touch other people. You know, you know, John, has there been anybody that's come up to you and asked for an autograph or a picture or something that you just like, wow, you're asking me? You know, like, uh, I mean, somebody that... Pretty much every person, everyone who asked me, <laughs> that's how, why, why do you want mine? You know, I uh, I mean, I'll, I'll gladly do it. It's just why, you know, why Why do you want mine? We, my my. My friends, you know, we 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 we're uh, we joke on each other pretty hard, and I always think it's a setup. Like you'll be somewhere, and someone will come over and be like, "Can I get your your autograph?" I'll be like, and I'm looking over the shoulder, like, "Who's setting you up? Like, who's setting me up right now?" It's going to be one of my buddy's kids. Like, we don't want your autograph, you know, or something like that. So it's always like, I think it's a setup. Yeah. God, what kind of friends do you have? <laughs> yeah, we're 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 rowdy rowdy crew, I guess. No a sensitive free zone, I always say. Well, it's almost like when, like, say somebody like Garlitz walks up to you and go, hey, you know, we saw your stuff, you, you do really fine work, and you go, humana, 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 do you know who you yeah, are? Yeah, that, that hasn't happened yet, that hasn't happened yet. No, no, no one at that level has ever, you know, actually cared who I was, so you know, that, that's, uh... But, John, who would you like to have do that? I mean, who that you have seen for an awful long time that you wish would come... See, I mean, not wish they'd come to your races, but that you'd bump into them and talk to them. Oh, there's there's a lot of guys like like a lot of the a lot of the guys who I, I really looked up to when I was younger was like uh, like Billy Glidden. Billy Glidden was a good guy. Like he could do everything on a race car. I really respect the people that can do everything. They could drive. They could tune. They could uh, set it up. They could do everything. And those are the people who I really looked up to. Growing up, like Billy Glidden, he just comes to mind. But there's a lot of other racers that I'm, I'm forgetting right now. You're putting me on the spot. But he's he's one of the, the cool dudes. You know, back when I had the small block nitrous days as a, as a Liberty 5-speed with a clutch. And uh, no one had that other than Billy. You know, and uh, so anytime I, I could, I run into him somewhere, you know, I always try to. And he's very, very secretive. He doesn't let, he doesn't spill the beans for nothing. But I always try to crack him and just try to get something out of him. And he would never, but he was always one of the guys who, It'd be cool if uh, if I got tight with him just to learn some of the stuff he's uh, forgot. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Some of the older guys, they're older guys. Yeah, they're, they're, they're. I mean, every year at the start of the year, I think I'm pretty smart, and then at the end of the year, I realize how dumb I was. <laughs> so the older guys, they've they've done this a lot more than I have. So they they've they've learned a lot more than I have the hard way. It's unique, you know, and talking about unique, we should probably, John, for the, our listeners that are hearing you right now in the 74 countries mm-hmm. that CK goes into, we should probably give a little bit of a background. You started drag racing when? Uh, actually, 
I my cousin he used to race uh, NMRA back in the day. They used to street race and stuff, and I looked up to them. So I mean, since I was early teens, you know, my my uncle actually before that he always had hot rods. You know, he used to always take me for riding his hot rods. I mean, I was a little guy, two three years old. And then when my cousin when he started racing NMRA, following them around, watching them tear stuff up, I really got into it. And I think I actually when I made my first passes down the racetrack was at Ubley. I was 15, and my uncle Chevelle went like 12-0, and we lied and said I was 16. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, I pretty much hot-lapped that thing all day. So if the Genowicks are listening, he was 16, honestly. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they didn't own it then. It was it was some other guys back then. But, yeah, we uh, yeah we, we, did, we used to go to Ubley all the time. Ubley was like our home track for the longest time. From Taylor to Ubley? Well, I grew up on the east side. I grew up like Roseville, Warren area. And then we used to always go to Ubley. See, Mylan, Mylan used to not like us. So they didn't like the, the – they were really hard on uh, on tech. So all our cars were kind of faster than what the rules you're allowed to. So yeah. they were really hard on us, wouldn't let us make passes, and you had to go slow or do something like this. And um, So, yeah, they didn't really like us. Then they, they would always show our times. And when we were grudge racing and street racing a lot, you know, they – we uh we didn't like going there because you know they it would show our times. So at Ubley they they were kind of cooler about it, and you could sneak off to Ubley and you wouldn't have you know ten people who you're racing that weekend there watching you. So it was a way to, to sneak off and get some testing done, and then come back and and race, and no one will even know you're out there testing. All right, so this Chevelle was not your Chevelle, so I no, mean- my uncle Chevelle. So it's your uncle Chevelle, and you did you say, dear uncle? You know what? I'd like to make a pass, or did he say, I think it's time? Nah, my uncle, my uncle was cool. He passed away now, but he was uh, he was my idol when I was growing up. I mean, he had the coolest stuff. He's the one who taught me how to wrench on stuff. He's the one who taught me how to hustle. If you want something bad enough, you work for it. He's the one who taught me how to lay brick. Like he was actually my foster parent. I, I grew up without a dad, so and we were poor. My mom didn't have money, so my uncle kind of took us in and. Yeah, he, he pretty much taught me everything I know. Taught and, you uh, how to lay yeah. brick? Yeah, well, he didn't really teach me. I was pretty much slave labor when I was a kid. <laughs> so he, okay, He'd come get us from work, you know, from school, like 10, 11 years old, and, you know, we'd have a change of clothes in the truck, and we're like, oh, no. Here, I think I'm going home to go play. Now we're going to work. You know, this job's got to get done, and it's muddy, so we're going to work. And, uh, yeah, we had to go to work, you know, um, before we uh, we got to go play. We're talking residential brick or industrial? Uh, both, both. Footing block, like we, we did basements, crawl spaces, brick block, all that stuff. Oh, good, because at 11 years old, you can fit, John. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, I had a guy, I had to shovel the mortar, clean the footings, you know, carry the block from the work truck to the to the job site, you know. Yeah, they're, they'll, they'll find something for you to do. Holy God, John, by, by the time you were 12 years old, you'd look like Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. We I was laying brick when I was thirteen, fourteen years old. I actually became a journeyman bricklayer when I was eighteen. Like I actually joined I joined the the bricklayers union when I was eighteen as an improver and then three months later I was full scale journeyman just because I've been laying brick, you know, since I was twelve, thirteen years old. Wow. And uh yeah, so it it actually when when I got out there I was I think I was one of the youngest journeymen they've ever had in the in the local. How's your back feel? Oh, good. I broke it a couple of years ago racing, and after that, after that, I got a little chubby, and I don't, uh, I don't lift like I used to. Yeah, but when you broke your back, I mean, that was a, a, a unique process to go through, wasn't it? Not a lot of people break backs. 
Yeah, no, it is. They they said actually, if it wasn't for my, you know, having a strong core and back, that it would have probably been way worse. But because you know we were used to work with my back all the time, and they said the muscles and everything, all the supporting stuff around it, actually helped keep it in intact. So it would have probably been a worse break if uh, if it wasn't for that. Now, walk people through what actually happened then, because they see, like, little nips and pieces of it, but they really don't know the full story. Uh, we were at a Martin. We were racing, and um, while we were racing, uh, one, of the, one of the rounds, I, I had a... I didn't have a radiator in the car. I had a water cell, so I had a, a three-gallon fuel cell and a three-gallon water cell, and it was a newer motor that I just bought from some guy in Canada. So I didn't really know a bunch about it. We we pretty much put it in the car and we we're racing that weekend. Well, one of the passes, like second or third round, we're racing for ten ten thousand dollars. Second or third round, it cracked the weld. So in between the rounds, I was so worried about getting it fixed so we could continue on to the next round because I felt I had a car to win that we didn't really diagnose the problem why it split the weld. So then we we found a welder in the pits, put it back together. We go out there the next pass. We leave. I don't know about hundred two hundred foot out. It actually, uh, which I didn't know at the time, but the car got a little loose, and, you know, you steer it, and then it hit the wall. When it hit the wall, the hood scoop actually grabbed the throttle, and it actually floored it a little bit, so it went all the way across and hit the other lane, or hit the other wall head-on right at the eighth mile. So it was 100, 120-ish miles an hour or something. Car hit the wall square, almost took out pace, so he was standing right there with the video, and uh, <laughs> car bounced around, caught on fire a little bit, but that was a knock the wind out of me. I tried to get out of the car. Couldn't get out of the car. My back hurt really bad, so... Finally, someone, I forgot who, who got me out of the car, laid me down, and uh, they had to take me to the hospital. I had uh, two fractures, L1 and T12 vertebrae in my back. <laughs> but it was, I didn't, it didn't require surgery. I had to, like, wear, like, a little, um, a turtle shell brace for, like, three or four months, and then, uh, like, I don't know, six months of rehab or something like that. But it's all good. You know, I don't, I don't feel nothing anymore from it, but I don't lift like I used to when I was younger. Oh, I can pick that up now. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to pick that up. <laughs> All right. I never, I never felt helpless. I never, you know, I never been hurt before. That was the first time I've been hurt. Before then, I was invincible. Like, I can't get hurt. I can't get hurt. And then once I actually got hurt, I'm like, wow, you know what? That that shit sucked. I ain't doing that no more. Because when all that went down, I mean, we talked to Brian Wolf when, when the one time that he like got a little closer to the concrete, and he says you don't recognize anything that goes on until you're kind of done. Sometimes it goes in slow motion, and then sometimes it speeds up. And by you know what everyone's watching, what you're experiencing, you know, going all over the track and then smacking walls, etc. I mean, was it slow motion for you, or did everything happen like so fast? And then oh, by the way, I'm laying down now. Yeah, it, it kind of did. I mean, it was slow motion because, like, you always kind of got control of the car, at least I feel. And, and that was, like, the one time in the car that, you know, putting steering wheel input or hitting the gas in the brakes, it didn't do nothing. It was like like when they say you hit ice and it feels like you speed up. That's what it felt like when it when it got that out of shape. No matter what you did with the steering wheel, no matter what you did with the gas, brakes, it didn't do nothing. It was going, and there was nothing you could do, so you were just along for the ride. and. They, uh, a couple people, like, they said you're supposed to let go of the steering wheel when you crash because you break your hands. And, uh, man, I had a death grip on that thing. I actually <laughs> folded the steering wheel around the steering shaft. Yeah, wow. it was, uh, yeah, crushed that thing. It, it tore up the car pretty good. And then that was a car that I built. I built that car, actually. Like, that was one of the, that actually was the first car that I built. Uh, so that was, uh, 
I'm glad I built it right. I mean, when did you get a chance to take a look at the pictures or the video? Right afterwards, when we were, uh, when the ambulance took us to the uh, hospital, you know, they're, they're, I'm in the ER, and they're like, you know what happened? What happened? The video was already on YouTube. <laughs> I just showed them the video. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks. What Thanks, happened world. here? I got a video of it. Check it out. Yeah, they. they yeah, it's, it's crazy. People, they don't. They don't have no shame. I mean, could they you whatever try to get likes? Could you watch that video? I mean, how long did it take oh, you yeah, to see yeah. it? Yeah, you watch it. It's it's just a bad day at the office, right? <laughs> just something that you need. <laughs> Somebody would have showed us like, you know, now now thinking back, it's like you dummy, you dummy. But at the moment, you're just trying to make the next round. And then now looking back, it's like you're an idiot. You know, you should have never, you know, you should have put the car up, you know, of course, after, you know, after the fact. And then, you know, when a car wiggles a little bit, I mean, I, I drive, you know, that's what that round thing you, you hold on to is for, the steer, right? So all these cars, these small tire cars, they move, you know, they wiggle. And yeah. uh, you try to drive out of it, and just that one, it, it just got a little bit too uh, far out of shape. But I didn't know there was water underneath the tire until, you know, a couple of days later. And everyone's like, yeah, you had a 300-foot trail of water behind you before you hit the wall. Well, that's why it felt like it was on ice, right? So, um, yeah, uh, slicks on water don't really work that good. John, how long did it take you to get back in then? Uh, I mean, the car, the car was, the car was pretty much trashed, but the drivetrain was still good. So, um, when I was off work, uh, I actually had a little bit of money saved up, you know, and, um, we were able to find another roller, uh, that was the orange car that I have now. And, uh, we, we went down to Texas. My cousin and I went down to Texas. We ended up buying a car. It was already set up for the same, the big black Chevy, uh, we had. So, uh, it was actually fairly simple to just get back in another car. You know, that's kind of when, when I tell people, you know, it's, it's just a piece of metal, you know, we could, uh, we could replace it. You know, it's, it's just, as long as you, you're still good and, um, you're not hurt permanently. I mean, it's a piece of metal. We could, we could fix it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but when when you're looking at that car and you're remembering what you hit, you know, did you did you kind of go, uh, maybe I'll do it tomorrow, or, or did you say, come on, let's just turn the key and go? Yeah, it's, I mean, this is this is what I do. I don't do nothing else. Like people, are like, what do you do for fun? I race. What do you do? Like, uh, if I'm not racing, I'm trying to make money to go race. I don't drink. I don't party. I don't go on vacation. You know, I don't have a crazy house, don't have, you know, we race. This is all I do. If if I didn't race, I don't know what I would do. Wow. So you, you, as, soon as, I was, as soon as the doctors cleared me to go back racing, I, I was back racing. But no hesitation, nothing like flashbacks from nah. that? Nah, nah. It is, you know, it's something you learn, you know, it's a lesson. It was just a hard lesson. So now you're invincible again? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a little <laughs> more cautious now. <laughs> we we were racing a couple weeks ago at Lapeer, and it, it was pretty r bad conditions. And uh, you know, and and all I kept saying, saying to myself was like, "Man, I'm I'm making sure I'm going home." You know, I'm I'm making sure I'm going home, and that you know the the pot wasn't big enough to really tear your stuff up. And I probably shouldn't even been in, in the first place, uh, just because I'm kind of getting uh, upset at some of these promoters out here. I probably shouldn't have been in it, but I was there as local as convenient. So I said, "Screw it, let's go out there," and then. In the morning when we got there, we knew it was going to be cold, but there was, like, water on top of, like, the timing blocks at the starting line, and it was frozen. I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad, and it rained, like, the day before really bad, so all the water's coming up in the track. I knew it was going to be pretty bad, so I was uh, I was really hesitant, like, on the gas, like, 
you know, if, if I had to pedal it, I wasn't getting back in it. But John, what is like when you were talking about conditions? If you had your druthers, what is the perfect condition for you to race at? Uh, yeah, I know prep, so I, I don't care. I, I don't care. It's <laughs> just this is what we sign up for. I don't care if we're racing on grass, dirt roads, whatever. You just this is what you're you're signed up for. At that time, though, I didn't have my car really set up to go that slow that we, that needed to win that day. So I knew it was going to be trouble for me. But um, you know, these these small tire no prep races, you got to be prepared to go as fast as six fifty, as slow as six zero. So you know, th- these are. I, as long as both lanes are equal, that's all I want for. It's 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 just me versus you at that point. And you would race on a dirt road. If we're both racing on a dirt <laughs> on a dirt road and the pot was big enough, heck yeah. Would you really? Have you ever done that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've had some roads that have been equivalent to dirt roads, probably. <laughs> 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 yeah, we've been on some shady stuff before. <laughs> yeah, anywhere slightly in the Midwest, because you do see pictures yeah. of some of these things, and you go, "Wait a minute, is this is is this a landfill? What is this place?" Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of stupid to have the combination I got in my car now, and then you got to go that slow. And uh, but you know what? It's it's there because in case we got to go fast, I don't have to change enough. It's easier to take away power than it is to add power. So. um yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, I want to be prepared for every situation. Like I said, we we pretty much race for a living now. This is what we do. We go every weekend to go race. We try to find the biggest pots, and uh, we chase it, and I feel we have a car that we can win, you know, pretty much anywhere as long as I'm on my game. If I'm on my game, then and the car uh, does what it's supposed to do. I feel we have a car that can win anywhere. How much pressure do you put on yourself, John? Everything. It, Everything. Anything less than a win is unacceptable. You know, I'm I'm a sore loser. I don't like losing. I'm not a good spectator. So, like, if we lose, I usually leave uh, just because I look at, like, man, I could beat these guys. And then you see someone win a fifteen twenty thousand dollars pot, and you're like, man, I could have had that. So you're just beating yourself up. And, um, no, it's you got to win. You got to win. If we're going there, we're, we're trying to win. Yeah, you know, John, you bring up an interesting point. When you drive home, I mean, there's three of you on a good day. You know, how long if you go out, say, in the second round or first round, and you knew you could have had it, and, and for whatever reason you didn't win that day, uh, how long do you keep that with you? It's the worst. It's, it's the longest, quietest drive home. <laughs> it, it's really? Tough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the longest, quiet. Oh, it's horrible, especially if it's something stupid that, you know, I made a mistake, man, I don't want to talk to no one. Yeah, it's bad. That's probably why I go through crew guys so fast, so much. I probably can't do it with my little... <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> well, when, when we win, it's great. Uh, you know, winning's fun. Win, it's 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 like, like I said, I never did drugs before, but if I got the same feeling from drugs as I do winning, oh, I'd OD for sure. Like I'd be chasing that. That's that's what I chase. I chase those wins. You know that feeling when you win. You know you're on top of the world. It, it could be the smallest race. It doesn't matter if you win, you won. And um, that's that's my high. That's what I chase. Yeah, because for somebody that does it professionally like you do, I mean, we're here for the cash. Thank you for your trophy and your sticker and your your photo next to the tower, but we're here for the check. You know, I mean, yeah, we're here for the money. We're here for the money. You know, this this is a expensive expensive deal, and you know, you gotta you're never gonna get a hundred percent return on your investment, but you gotta try to get something. So, um, like. Uh, when we did the TV show stuff, you know, I thought, oh, you know, we'll, we'll get, we'll make money. Now there's, there's no money in that. You don't, you don't. It doesn't even cover the cost to get there. Like the for the peanuts that you you make, if you make anything, 
it doesn't even cost what it, you know, if, if you got to go to, like I said, we were in Texas for a month. And for what I made, you know, it, the first week that's gone. So the rest is like, it's all on you, you know, to, to try to make for it. Or, you know, you try to trace or chase sponsors or you get some kind of help from here or there, you know, if, if they want to see their, their name on a car. You know, there, there are some good people that look out for me and uh, help me out. And uh, without them, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. Well, perhaps we should name them and give them a little tip of the hat. Uh, there's 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 a lot of them trust me there's a lot of them but the biggest the biggest one is like uh amanda products uh they're they're based out of livonia michigan and uh they've been with me for a long time now and um they help me out they help me out tremendously uh marty merrillette's another one i mean any any part that he sells it's on my car um we we do a lot of r&d for him and if he has him or i have a cool idea hey man let's uh let's uh try this out all right let's do it you know and then um we got uh excess power they they 16 volt batteries redline racing oil is a big one that i picked up last year they helped me out with the oil we change the oil every time we go to the racetrack like these alcohol motors just destroy oil so um they always look out for me really good wolf aircraft they're another local company any i want to change a a nitrous motor one week and i want to change a pro charger motor the next week you know i got to build headers they they take care of me pretty good um, Nitrous Express, they've always looked out for me. Even if I don't have nitrous on the car, they still look out. Awesome guys. Iski Cams out of California. Uh, lifters, camshafts, whatever I need. NGK Spark Plugs got with us. Detroit Battery Company, another local company. They, You know, anyone needs any batteries, local, you know, hit them up. Um, ICB Firearms, one of my buddies, he owns a, you know, he sells the guns. But pretty much all the racers around the Detroit area go to him. They buy all their guns, ammo, anything you want. Um, well, Detroit Record Sales, another local company, they help us out whenever we can. Uh, Summit Racing, they, they, you know, they gave me a, a commercial account, so you know it helps on parts a little bit. Uh, VP Fuels, Afco Racing, they just hooked me up with some shocks this last year. Um, we're still trying to learn those. Uh, you know, I, I've been racing the last three or four years with some shocks that I bought on Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> so now I actually got some real good stuff. So. Yeah, hopefully uh, once I get this uh, converter issue figured out with this car, it should really start making some uh, moves. Express Equipment, um, they're a company on the west side of the state. Uh, Dave Atkins, he actually races No Prep Kings. It's his company. They help me out when they can. And PF Communications, they do, like, um, Internet, security, uh, you know, cameras, all, all types of stuff there, Mount Clemens. But those guys all look out, you know. And it's, it's, it could be as little as a couple dollars or, you know, it could be as, you know, much as just giving a discount on the parts. You know, everything. I'm going to buy the parts anyway. So if, if someone's going to look out and you know what, we'll give you 50% of what it is new, that's awesome, you know, because I'm going to buy the stuff anyway. So anything that looks out and uh, is very, very much appreciated. Anyone anyone who looks, I'm very loyal to the people who look out for me. So anything I could do to repay the favor, I'm going to go above and beyond. You know, John, you bring up an, inter an interesting point. Interesting. How in 2023? How difficult is it to get a sponsor? Oh, it's huge! It's huge. Uh, you know, a lot of the big, big, big guys. Uh, you know, from the shows and stuff, they kind of ruined it for everyone else. Why? Um, because they they just took advantage of it, and uh, a lot of them like they 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 got whatever they could get for free, and then they sold it. So they're not using, they're not trying to, uh, you know, market the the brand, you know, not trying to rep the brand that, that helped them out. Uh, they won't run stickers. They don't, they don't show the product being used. 
um, it's it's very difficult. Um, yeah, some of them they they won't even look out for you anymore. They're like, nah, nah, we can't do it anymore. We tried that a couple times with a couple of guys, and it totally backfired. You know, we invest you know a ton of money into these guys, and we didn't get nothing in return on. It. So they ruin it for everyone. Um, and then if the only time uh, I don't know how to put it, like you have. If if you're in the corporate world, it'd probably be easier to get sponsors. You know, uh, my guys. You know, we're we're street guys. You know, we we're none of us are rich. You know, all my guys we're we're little guys. You know what I'm saying? So we don't we can't look out for the next guy. To where if you're just in the corporate world and you're playing with you know millions and millions and your company's worth you know all this money, it'd be easier to look out and oh here's here's a little bit of money you know here let's go racing you know something like that. But for me personally, it's it's harder. And then I have a problem with asking, like begging. Like I, I, my guys get on me hard because it's hard for me to go and, and approach someone. Hey, man, you want to give me some money? No, no, it's just I just work harder and try to make it happen and and do it on my own. But to to race at that level, you 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 need you need a big sponsorship. Um, like no prep kings. Everyone asks me, are you going to do no prep kings? I can't. They're like, well, why not, dude? It's 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 probably going to be a half million dollars to do that series. And you're like, wow, really? Yeah, it's it's crazy because you're gone six months out of the year. You still got the bills at home. You gotta you gotta maintenance the car. You gotta pay a crew if they're gonna be on the road with you that that long, you know. Um, and then the the amount of miles that you're driving to every race, like you almost have to stay on the road. And uh, whoever the one races, you know, in New Hampshire, the next race is in Illinois, then the next race is in Georgia, and then you know, I don't know if that's exactly, but it's it's totally across the country. Every week is totally across the country. It's like nothing's in a line. So, and then I don't want to go out there and get blown out first round. So you got to have good parts. So just to make the show ain't good enough. If if I can go out there and win, or at least try to win, I, I'm not interested. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be tough for you to, like, knock on the door and say, hi, you know, you might have seen me before, we're looking for sponsorship. I mean, it's a tough rap to do for anybody. It is, it is, it, it really is. Um, you know, we, we went and had marketing pamphlets made out, you know, and and uh, had all the intentions on handing them out. I think I had 50 of them made up, and I think I still got 47 of them. I think I handed three of them out. Yeah, I, I just... Like I said, it's just I, I hate asking. I I hate begging and uh and I feel it's begging but you know, it's 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 there's a lot of exposure, you know, when you start looking at the analytics on, you know, what the show does and um how many people watch the show, it it's huge, you know, and um sure. people get off on seeing their stickers on the car and seeing it on T V. And uh, and then we do so many races every weekend, you know, so we're we're every week we're racing somewhere pretty much unless the weather's horrible like it's been the last couple last week and probably this weekend i'm not racing again um just michigan ohio indiana kentucky you know we're we're there every weekend unless we're doing a show stuff you know somewhere in california or, or far you know it's usually somewhere down south because they usually do it in off months the winter months so we have to go down to texas or you know somewhere somewhere where it's warm in the winter time you know but, uh, oh, go ahead jen uh yeah it's, it's just it's you know, it's it's smart. You know, if you, if you look at it for advertising point, it's just me. I'm I'm just bad at putting it out there for people. Like I almost need like a marketing person or something for me to do it for me, so I don't have no uh, uh, emotional attachment to it or something. I don't know. 
Well, that's a real art. It really is to, to go into somewhere and say, you don't know us, but uh, we could use, uh, well, I don't know, 50 grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be unbelievable. What I could do with 50,000 would be amazing. Well, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, that, that, would be, that would be awesome. Um, but, again, you know, it, like they say, a uh, closed mouth, don't get fed. And, uh, and I'm that guy. I, I just, I don't know. It's something about my guys on me all the time. Man, you know, you got to reach out to someone. Yeah, 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 I'm not going to do it. And it's, it's my own fault. It's no one's, it's no one's fault but my own. It's, it's just my, my own fault. It's, you know, it's, it's my fault. I can't blame it on no one else. It's, it's me being scared, I guess. Yeah, but you know, not being scared is that you've done this thing for, you've been racing for, what, over a decade now, way over a decade, right? Oh, I'm I'm 42 years old, so yeah, we've been racing. We've been racing a long time, long time. It's funny because I still think I'm one of the younger guys. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and then I'm like, no, I'm that old guy now. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when I grew up, I was 18, 16, 17, 18 years old, and everyone was in their 30s, and I'm like, I was always a young guy. Now it's like, man, I'm that old guy now. Oh God, when that happened? Well, you're going to go to bed at nine o'clock now. <laughs> no, 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 no. John, but I mean, it's just yeah. You've seen a lot of changes, especially if you've been a good Michigan lad like yourself. Obviously, you've seen a lot of changes that's going around in all the tracks in Michigan. You know, I mean, I would say in the last five years, I mean, have you seen a big change? I mean, we got more tracks open now in Michigan and stuff, but is it different? I mean, is it a different vibe? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's pretty different now. It's it's mostly it's like every track now, like they want to have their own races. So you got you got two hundred promoters out there, you know, and everyone wants to promote their own deal. So you. It's where I was taking you, John. Huh? <laughs> this is where I was taking you. Yep. Let's talk yeah. about these promoters. Yeah. So they they book on top of on top of other tracks, you know. So. It, it it's like impossible to get all the cars in one place, you know. And then so now we we kind of been um we kind of been picking and choosing where we go because a lot of these promoters I I feel they're just being greedy and they're not putting nothing on top, you know. They they're just taking all the money and uh, a good you know a good for instance like we went one of our first races this year we went to Edgewater Motorsports. And uh, Cincy Street Nights, it was free entry, $10,000 a race. So it cost us $40 for a tech card, and we're automatically entered in a race for $10,000. So we're like, wow, this is awesome. The promoter actually did a lot of work. You know, he, he secured the sponsorship money or him in a track. I don't know how they did it, but somehow they secured $10,000 for us to race for. And there was 40 cars. Awesome. It was great. Went down there, we went to the finals. I lost in the finals by like six inches. It still hurts, but whatever. Cost me Cost me a lot of money. But anyway... So then the next week we went to another race. Another race we go to, it's 40 cars. It's $150 a race, $50 for the track, which I'm cool with, $100 that goes into the, the pot. Up into the, into the event, they're, they're showing all these sponsors. Oh, we got like 10, 12 sponsors, buy a shirt with all the sponsors. Yeah, cool, da, 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 da. I didn't make it that far, but anyway, when they end up splitting with four cars left, then they split 4100 bucks between four cars. And I guess someone out there said something, and, and they started, like, dogging them. Oh, you know, and, and this is when it, you know, I, I've always been thinking this, and this is when it really got me upset is, you know, if, if someone wants to speak their mind, like, really, we, you know, there's 41 cars here. We get all these spectators, and, and the promoter, they didn't, they didn't put a nickel on the pot. Like, where'd the extra money go? Then the next week we go to another place uh, in Kentucky, 
And uh, it was $20,000 guaranteed to win. Uh, they paid first place was fifteen thousand, second place was three thousand, and the semis was a thousand each. So it was fifteen thousand. They had forty cars show up. It was two hundred dollars to race, fifty dollars for the tech car. So they only got out of the forty cars, they only got eight thousand dollars of that twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So the other twelve was sponsored, or the track put up, or the promoter put up. They had a two thousand dollar Power Wheels big wheel race, like for free for the kids. Like this is awesome. So how can we go from one place where they give you a free entry $10,000 race, and then they all had 40 cars, so how do we go to this next one, and there's no money on top? And then we go to this next one, and then there's $12,000 on top, and then $2,000, and then it's like, wow, like this is, this is amazing that there's just greedy, greedy promoters who don't give back, and then there's really good promoters who actually work and hustle, and they, they, they find sponsors, they, they create a pot, and they, 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 they put on a good show. So me, I want to support those guys, uh, you know, the guys who we don't need. If, if you're not going to put nothing on top of the pot, I, me, I don't think we even need you. We don't need someone there. Like, it's, it's easy for me to, to, to text 20 people and be like, yo, man, we're going to go to Milan on Wednesday. We're going to have our own little hat race you know, $200 and we'll stage our own cars. We'll pair. We don't, we don't need someone there, you know, to just make money off of us, you know? And, um, and there's so many people out there who are, who are doing it. And it's, it's really starting to bother me now. So I, I probably get anywhere from five to seven messages a week. Hey man, come to my race. You know, we're going to have a race over here in Tennessee and okay, well, what's the pot going to be? Well, it's going to be, you know, a hundred percent, you know, payback or whatever. So, so what happens if three cars show up and it's two hundred dollars a race, six hundred bucks? Oh well, you know we're we're hoping for like fifty cars. <laughs> okay, but guaranteed it. Well, I I don't want to take the risk. You know, I I don't want to take a risk and and put up ten thousand and only ten. So wait a minute, you want me to take a risk with my hundred thousand dollar car with my you know my rig, all gas money wear and tear on my car, driving past other events to come to you, but yeah, you don't want to put nothing on top. No, I'm not going to do it. You know, and then. I'm hoping, you know, uh, more people start noticing this and they stop, you know, supporting those type of people because we don't need that many promoters. You know, if there, there's some really good promoters out there who really do good work, they got a big following. There's a reason because they actually add to the pot. They, they bring something to the table, not someone who just mooches off the top and, and just takes and takes and takes and takes. Cause we are the show. The, the racers are the show. And, um, if, if you're not going to put nothing on top, then I hope the racers don't come support you. John, is there some promoters that you take a look at and it says, this race promoted by somebody, Bob Smith. I mean, is there some names that, that you see, ah, oh, they're promoting it, that you say, yeah, let's go over there, or, oh, who, Bob Smith? No, nah, let's walk that one. You know, is there some nah, that... I, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. It's just, like I said, I, I look at what the payout is. And uh, that's pretty much, you know, we do, don't get me wrong, now there are some convenient ones, like, you know, the Milan, like the Porter Home Puddles. It's only 35 minutes from home. I love Milan Dragway. Um, I, I do whatever I can do to support those guys. If we're not racing, we're going to Porter Home Puddle. I don't care. You know, it's just something that Milan Dragway is my home. They, they, they're they awesome. Do whatever. But now nah, all these new fly-by-night promoter, wannabe promoter guys, nah, man, I'm, I'm probably not going to go. And, uh, Unless you put something on top. You put something on top, man, awesome. You know, you work for, for the racers, and, and the racers will follow. 
But yeah, if 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 we're just raising for a hundred percent, you know, money back, and I've actually been hearing that sometimes the guys ain't even getting a hundred percent of their money back. Really? So like if they're yeah, I've been hearing you know when I made a post about this on Facebook a couple weeks ago, and, and a couple people were like yeah, sometimes you only get a hundred percent back. Like they they take money off the top, like that that's not gonna happen, you know. And um, and then it's just there's it's it's watered down now. There's just way it's it's cooler to be a promoter now than it is a racer because you make all the money, you get all the power, you get the best parking in the house, like and you know you're making money on top of it. And a lot of times there's two people that make money on race day usually it's the promoter and a, and, a, and a winner that's it so the 39 other cars out of the 40 go home losers and the only two people who are making money are the promoter and the race winner i mean that's that's wrong you know in, in my opinion you know if even if the promoter takes a little bit out of the the his cut and pay second third or fourth you know something just to to help him out a little bit but just don't be 100 percent greedy and and you know you have no value if, if you're not gonna bring nothing to the table then then I have no reason to even come there. You know, then that's the one thing that we really saw from you, John. If you haven't seen it, uh, John has on his Facebook page, I assume it's still up there, John, about the little oh, bit yeah, that you had true. about promoters. It's well mm-hmm. worth reading. Absolutely, because really it caught our eye because we've seen for the tracks that we've gone through, and not even for the poor your own puddle folks, but for just about any kind of racing, there are some promoters that are dead on. And then there's some promoters that I guess used to be music promoters in the 70s who were just weaselly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they just try. It, it's it's. Go ahead. It's right, John. I mean, because you've seen some, and it's got to break your heart because the poster and the flyer, everything looks good. You know, they got the pictures of the cars. They got the payout thing. You know, then you see those dreaded words on the bottom, based on car count. Right. Yep. I mean, do you walk past those when you see that? Uh, it's like I said, unless it's extremely convenient or if, if we're rained out everywhere else and this is the only place we could go to, I'm not going to say I'm never not going to go to one, but, you know, chances of me going to one and there's there's something better that's guaranteed, I'm going to drive past yours to go to the guaranteed one. And um, it just because uh, as a racer, it's just, you know, like I said, if, if, if I'm willing to take all the risks and the promoter's not willing to take a risk, then why, I don't need you there. You know, back in the day, you know, uh, the no ets they never had a promoter and they were some of the biggest and best shows there were and um you know friday night heads up race at Milan. they don't have a promoter and they they attract you know just because it's it's guaranteed payout you know you're you're gonna go race you're guaranteed racing it's gonna be organized da, 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 and people go to it and um you know you get these wannabe promoters who think oh it's easy i could just do it and you go there and it's so unorganized they don't know how to do chip draw they don't know how to stage your cars um, they don't know what to do in case of a buy happens or, you know, they, they just don't know. And, um, but yet they want to make all the money and, and they don't know what's going on. Usually the, the promoters who are, who are on it, you know, they, they understand and they got, they got their sponsors that actually help with money. So they throw something on top because they got a good following and, um, they, they could guarantee, well, I know I'm going to have 30, 40 cars show up so we can put $10,000 guaranteed. And then those are the people, if, if you ain't got faith in yourself, I'm not coming there. You know, John, when so, my, um, oops, sorry, go ahead. No, you're, yeah, it's just me rambling on. It's no, just, no. Yeah, if they're not going to take the risk and if they ain't got no hustle on it, then you know what? I, I don't feel I should come there and support your event. Yeah, it is kind of unusual, and you brought up an excellent point. There has been so many times when it used to be the track, 
Bud Racers. Mm-hmm. There, why do you need? Because it, it's almost like so some of these guys are coming in like big stuff, and I mean they're just the side of wearing a big white mink coat and say, "Look at me, I'm the promoter," you know? Right. And it's like, well, do you know? Are we going to do drop arm? What's drop arm? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going home. I mean, is that because you can tell it's the flashy and they get all the chicks and they get everybody? Look at me, I'm the promoter. I'm a big deal. But when it really comes to doing this thing, ah, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you're screwing up with a lot of people's livelihoods. I know how much it costs to bring a sportsman car out and win for fifty bucks. If you lose just two hundred dollars on our level. You know, it was a good race. You didn't break apart. Right, right. You're a good thing. And, and so on your level, whew, I mean, do you see a promoter that you like? I mean, is there there a race that, that from a promoter that you go, I like what, whatever he's selling, I'm going? Honestly, the, the my favorite event of all time was uh, an event in uh, Chicago. It's called uh, Cots, King of the Streets. And um, it was awesome. They, 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 they started this. 15 years ago and we used to make sure we, we would go to them every year it's it's not they don't do it anymore I think someone else tried to like spin off and like a tried to copy it but it's never got the attention that Cots did and uh, that was the best event ever I, I really wish that uh, happened still but um, now there's so many knockoffs but you know they had it was $20,000 a win and they, they always got a lot of cars because it was like they it just his set of rules was, was solid the racing was solid. Everything about it was solid. Like, they ran a tight ship. There was no special treatment. No one, you know, red light, green light, you know, it's one of those deals. Um, it was an instant green deal. You actually won with the finish line camera. You got, you got electronics on it. You don't have to, to worry about someone standing in front of the, the tire crack camera and, and red lighting or, you know, worry about the flagger saying, oh, he left early. Now you got electronics that does it, right? And then you, the finish line guy. Oh well, so and so they got they got a horrible you know cricket mobile cell phone and and they're they're doing the finish line camera and cars going by 150 miles an hour and you can't see nothing but a big blur <laughs> but they're supposed to call the finish off of that man let's just use electronics let's take the the human error out of it and um and that that was an awesome event I, I still wish it was it was still going on right now but it's not but a lot of people are trying to copy that that event and uh, they just haven't been able to uh, to put on a show like uh, they have, you know, and get the following that they had back in the day. John, I mean, with all your knowledge that you acquired over all these decades, would you be a promoter? You know, I I, I probably, if I was, I want to put that post up. I want to expose the hustle, right? <laughs> that was nothing to gain. Yeah. I would have just been a promoter and sold the race car and made all the money. But no, um, a lot of my buddies, they want me to, but we don't need any more promoters. Uh, there's there's enough promoters out there. Um, I you know I don't even really like I said unless you're bringing something to the table, I don't even really consider you a promoter. You know you're someone who's an organizer. Uh, mm. It's easy for a track to put it on. You know um, any any track owner could do it. You know if if he has a following or you know if if you I don't know I can't say it's easy because I haven't done it. But in my opinion, if if you know. If you had a track and and you had some type of event and somehow let's just say the people I talk to I say dude let's let's do something off the gate and let's do two or three or five dollars per person that comes in the gate goes towards the pot and then we're racing towards the pot so if if you have say a thousand spectators show up and and you put five dollars per head 
on top of the pot. Now we got $5,000 on top of the pot. So if, if it's $200 a car and we got, say, 40 cars, that's $8,000. Then you get the $5 per head. So another $5,000, that's $13,000. So either you do the 8000 pays first, second place pays, uh, you know, 3000 and a 1000 if I'm asked right, or whatever. Then you can pay out spots. Now there's four winners that day. And then also by paying at whatever the head count is, the spectators, you're making the racers promote that event. Because I want, I want a thousand, I want five thousand people to show up to that race. Because the more people that come through the gate, the more money I get if I win. So you're now you're having instead of one person promote, now you're having forty people promote, and that will reach way more people than just that one person would. Yeah, I mean, the you bring up an interesting point. The difference between a promoter and an organizer, John, is what? A promoter brings something with them. An organizer doesn't bring nothing with them. Ta-da! See, and there's so many people that misuse the term promoter when they really are organizers, aren't they? Yeah, they're just organizers. They just they make a post on Facebook and they they're cool with making a flyer on the internet and uh, hey guys, I'm having an event over here. You know, you know, obviously you got to be you got to talk to the owner, the track owner, and he's got to allow you to do it. But I mean, honestly, what's stopping me from having uh, a shootout at you know uh, a No ET Nationals, right? So if we're having a no ET nationals at Milan Dragway and I say, you know what, I'm gonna go I'm gonna have a twenty eight inch shootout at No E T Nationals and uh I'm gonna say, you know, thousand dollars for the baddest twenty eight inch guys here. We get seven, eight guys, they they give me eight thousand dollars. Okay guys, we're gonna race, we're gonna we're gonna do a chip draw my trailer in between rounds, uh, we're gonna pair up in the lanes and we're gonna race. There's no one stopping me. I can do this. I don't need no one, you know, because I'm just organizing a group of people to race. Now, I'm not going to try to get a cut on top of everything else and, and sell sponsors to do this, you know, and, and not bring nothing to the table. No, I'm just going to, you know, just do it out of, I like to race, and you know what, we're going to hat race. I, I like hat racing. You know, grudge racing, it kind of got carried away. Now to win $5,000, you got to be willing to bet $5,000. But hat racing, you can invest $200 and beat a couple guys. And then you could make five thousand dollars. So you're making odds in your money, kind of like a casino. I like that. I like investing two, three hundred dollars to try to win five or ten thousand dollars. I don't like having to gamble ten thousand to make ten thousand. So hat racing is really a big thing right now. But these these wannabe promoters who just organize it, you don't bring nothing to the table. And I don't want, you know, there's there's already so many events. There's there's so many events on top of each other every weekend. Like I said earlier, you can't get all the same cars, or you can't get all the cars in one place. They actually have a really, really, really cool event, you know, because they're spread out all throughout, you know, the the states. Yeah, I mean, we were just thinking about that, too. I mean, for all the stuff that was going on, oh, and there, thank you. I just got handed, if, you know, for the folks that are listening to you right now from Brazil and Ireland and stuff like that, you better explain what hat racing is. Uh, hat racing is is like if you have if you have eight eight people, uh, you draw chips or you put your name on a piece of paper or whatever, you throw it into a hat, and uh, because we don't have some type of qualifying, usually all these racings off the trailer, so uh, you don't have a qualifying ladder or bracket ladder or anything like that. So pretty much we just draw names out of a hat or a bucket or whatever, and you pair whoever matches your number, whoever's name you draw, that's who you race. So it just gave the term hat racing. Um, and then next round, the winners go on, and they put all their names into a hat again, and you pull your names out, and you race until there's one left. You know what, John? 
<laughs> what did you do when Mylon wasn't around? Oh man, it was horrible. It was horrible. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually when we tried doing a no prep Kings deal, and you know we we traveled all around the country, and and Mylon not being open really sucked because you couldn't test at home. Like there's no place that's testing tuned during the week, and uh, I didn't realize how much I missed Mylon until it was gone. Yeah, and that was everybody, too, and everybody was, like, you know, Friday nights, you would get that vibration, that shake in your body. It's like, we should be going down to Milan right now. You know, I mean... If- Even during the week. No no one has testing tune during the week. Milan's the only one that has testing tune during the week. Uh, you know, Martin doesn't. They're, they're only a, a few weekends. Lapeer doesn't. They can't race at night. Um, Obli's only open on a weekend. Even Norwalk's not open, you know, during the, well, like one Wednesday a month they are, but other than that, it's like you, you really can't test nowhere during the week. Well, Milan, you know, we go test, you know, Wednesday. They got um, the Harry's rental, you know, the first, before the first Friday. So usually you got racing almost every day, and it's only 35, 40 minutes from my house. It, it was awesome. It was convenient. We, we would always have to drive four, five, six hours to go test and tune, and it sucked. Yeah, now look, and now you're bigger than better on Friday. I mean, are you there every Friday as much as you can be? I mean, you do once a month or I'm whatever. Usually at Milan, I'm usually at Milan like every day it's open unless I'm racing somewhere else. Every like day if, it's open? If I'm not, uh, well, yeah, Wednesdays, well, maybe not bracket day. I'm not a bracket racer, so maybe not bracket day. But if I'm not, if I'm not racing my personal car, I'm helping, you know, other people. I, I try to tune a couple cars and you know, a lot of buddies, because uh, I race so much, a lot of times they want me to give them a hand um, with their stuff, and if I'm not racing, you know what, now's the time, let's go Let's go race your car. So, yeah, we're usually there almost every day it's open. You know, John, and quickly, to, uh, if now that you're where you're at right now, is there any other area in drag racing where you'd want to go, any other class? I mean, is there somewhere, I mean, you don't have to do it, like, permanently or something, but you'd like, man, I'd like to try that once. Uh, you know, it's, it's, honestly, I think, I think small tire no prep is the hottest thing in drag race right now. If, if I talk to anyone, I, like I said, I, I like racing for the money and the amount of races that's every weekend, um, the richest guy doesn't win. You know, if you go race pro mod, you got to be a multimillionaire. If you want to go race no prep kings, you got to be a multimillionaire, have a huge sponsor, top fuel, anything else like that. You got to be rich. I'm not, I'm not a rich guy. Uh, this is like real grassroots style racing. We race on crappy services. So the guy with the most <laughs> horsepower doesn't win. I like the challenge. I, it's me versus you at that point. And, um, the, I, I like it. It's like a chess match. You know, that's how I look at uh small tire, no prep. It's, we all got horsepower. We could all go super, super fast, but we have to figure out how fast can we go on this surface on this pass. And uh, I have to outsmart you. I really like that part of this, and um, I, I'm doing what I, I want to do. Yeah, you always want it. Like I said, you, you would love to go race some pro my car and go 350s every pass, but the amount of money that that takes, I, I don't have it, and I don't know if I ever will. So this is where I'm at, and, and uh, I'm doing what I like to do. Yeah, but if John, if somebody said, "Hey, look, John, would you like to get on the helmet and go in this top fueler and take it down for a spin?" Would you? I mean, I ain't gonna say no. I ain't gonna say no. I'll break anything. <laughs> Have you ever been been in one, like an alcohol car? Or something? No, no. I, I drove Skinny's car last year, and that was pretty wild. And uh, yeah, that 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 car was pretty cool. Um, that was fun. We actually won the last Friday night race at Milan with it. But uh, that was, uh, I've been watching Skinny Kid's car, the, his olds, for, 
for years and they called me out of the blue and said hey man uh we need a driver you you want to make a couple passes i'm like hell yeah so we went out there and made some passes and it was a good time Amazing. And talking about amazing, you know, and for everybody down the, we want to tell the CKWI Radio 76 affiliate, we went a little bit over here with uh, Mr. Quick subsequently, though. Uh, we do want to say thanks, John, so very much because we uh, wanted to keep you for about a half hour. We kept you for a little bit longer than that. Yeah. So thank My you. I said I talked too much. No. <laughs> That's what this is all about. <laughs> and finally, where can people get a hold of you? I mean, where can they find you? Obviously, on Facebook and everywhere. But if they wanted, like, I mean, I assume you have swag. God bless you. I, I do, but I, I, I don't have I don't have a lot. I usually just bring to the racetrack with me. I, I don't really mail a lot of stuff out at all. But social media is John Quick three hundred two on Instagram, and then I John Quick on my Facebook page, and then um, yeah, I check my messages all the time, like. Uh, I get messages all the time. I'm usually pretty active on it. So if, if someone wants to look out and, or, or give me a shout-out or something, I'll, I'll do my best to get back to them. Are you quick? I shouldn't say are you quick with that. Are you fast with with when somebody sends you a message, or is that like we'll get back to you in a week because I'm busy? <laughs> it, it depends how good the question is. If it's, if it's some <laughs> generic, stupid question, then I probably ain't going to. If it's a good question, man, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like that, but, yeah, I don't. If it's just some random stupid stuff, nah, I probably ain't gonna respond. John, what's a stupid question? I don't know, man. I don't know. Just, I, I don't know. I don't even know now. I don't even want to bring it up. Like, All man, right. I, I get messages up like, seriously, like, you can't be serious. Like, I don't know. All right, John. Yeah, I can't think of it right now, but I get them all the time. Next race you're going to be at, if people can come out to see you? It depends if the weather's good. Uh, there's there's like five different races this weekend, but it's looking like it's going to rain this weekend. So, like I said, uh, I don't know. I don't know where the next race is going to be. All We're right. going to look at uh, look at the forecast uh, Thursday and see what it looks like. And like I said, try to find the biggest spot, and we're going to go there. All right. So if you go, if folks, if you want to go to uh, John's Facebook page or getting link up with the Instagram, so you always know where where John Quick's going to be next. I, I guarantee you, you're going to get a hell of a show. I mean, this guy yeah, is in it to yeah. win it, and this is not for just to do a couple of burnouts and make happy. <laughs> no, no, no. There's no paid appearances here. We're going to try to win. I, I'm not going there like some of these guys get paid appearances and they just go, like you just said do a couple burnouts and hey everything's great. No, no. This is this is real racing. If, if we don't win, we don't make no money and not a good time. Unbelievable, John. Thanks so very much for coming on with. You'll come on with us again, won't you, one day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always down to talk about myself. No, I'm just <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, whatever. Just give me a holler and we'll talk. All right. We'll see you at Milan. Thanks, John. Bye, buddy. Bye yeah. now. Johnny Quick, everybody. Johnny Quick. Hell of a guy, huh? I mean, that's exactly what you heard here is what when we were talking off mic a couple of weeks ago, that's what John speaks like. I mean, talk about a guy that is sometimes in drag racing and depending on the level and depending on how much fame you have there's about a, a 3% problem with people with egos <laughs> in drag racing and clearly John's been on TV he's a, he's a name in the sport you know and yet he's come on again we, we normally try to keep people about 35 minutes or so but I mean 
that he was generous enough with his time to, to go way, way over that. But interesting guy, isn't he? I mean, that's kind of cool how, we, how he knows, how we now know how he thinks and how he approaches stuff. Amazing. Talk about amazing. It's time for some grand funk here on the only station that gives a damn about the greatest sport on earth, and that's drag racing. Welcome to CKW. <laughs> Hi, Radio 76. <laughs> 